Well, we are starting a new series. It's about a four-week series uh, called What If It's True? And in our culture, we have many questions that are rising. You see this a lot on social media. Like, uh, what if that's not true? What if that's not true? And of course, now, gosh, we even have fact-checked checkers, right? Quote, unquote, fact checkers. And so you have a lot of people questioning, like, what if, what if the Bible isn't true? Or what if Jesus really didn't rise from the dead? Or what if God is not good? You know, but this series, we, we are asking the opposite question. We're asking the question, what if it's true? What if it's true? I have here, it's sort of an ancient artifact It's a map. This is a map, boys and girls. Remember these? Right? And um, we used to, <clears throat> if we wanted to go from here to here, we would have to get out a map and, and follow this map and even maybe write out directions. And we would fold this out. And this is actually a small map compared to some of the ones I grew up with. And it would spread out all across, you know, and, 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 and you think texting and driving is dangerous. Way too, in my day, pulling out a map and driving was even more dangerous. And so this map, it tells us where to go. But even when following a map, it's easy to think, well, you know, I think, I feel like we're going the right direction. I feel like we're going the right direction. I've led our family as the father and the driver of the house uh, on many sort of back road sort of chases and out of the way excursions because I felt like we were going the right way. You know, but how we feel is different than what is fact. How we feel is different than what is fact. The fact is here on this map, all right? But sometimes we just feel like, hey, we're, I, I feel like I'm going the right direction direction. And so in this series, again, we're going to ask that question, what if it's true? And today we're going to ask this question, what if God can be trusted? What if God can be trusted? What if we can trust God? I have friends who told me, I just, I just can't trust God. I just can't trust him. And people that just don't know him, that, I mean, that's understandable, but there's a lot of people who just have this idea, this thought, this, this lifestyle. They just can't trust God. But what if it's true? What if we can trust God? Not by, just by how we feel, like, like the map, not by how we feel, but what is fact? What if it's true? No matter how I feel, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what everyone else is saying to me, God can be trusted. And we're going to wrestle with that today. Speaking of wrestling, Jesus wrestled with God the Father. Jesus wrestled with his own dad, whether the fa his father could be trusted. Yes, we're going to read that today. He shares feelings of that. Shares feelings of, of can God be trusted? Can my father be trusted? Growing up, I was about five, maybe six years old. My dad taught me how to swim. And the way he taught me how to swim is he threw me in the pool. And he said, okay, boy, swim. And I had to, I had to swim. I just had to learn how to swim. It, it was very traumatic for me. In fact, uh, several months after that sort of learn, that swimming lesson that I had, I, I sort of jerked and twitched every time I walked by a pool or even saw water. And after that, it's like, okay, Dad, I, I, 
I can't trust you around a pool. You're just going to throw me in, right? And so, but can God be trusted? We're going to look at a passage in Scripture. If you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Now, if you have your printed copy, it's there in the New Testament, uh, the first book in the New Testament. And uh, if you don't have your printed copy, you can have your digital copy on your uh, iPad or iPhone or in our church mobile app. There's actually a way you can go to the Bible there. And we'll also have it on the screen. But let's read this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 26. And I want us to get into what Jesus said and what Jesus was feeling. So just kind of set this up a little bit. Um, Jesus um, had, um, had the Last Supper, and this was uh, right before he was going to be arrested and charged with whatever, you know, all these false charges. And so Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And so we read there in verse 36. And Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee uh, along with him. That's, uh, um, that's James and John. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now just think of that. If your soul is troubled so much to the point of death, that's huge. Stay here and keep watch with me. So Jesus is saying, look, I'm so troubled, I don't want to be alone. He's saying that I don't want to be by myself. The creator, the son of God, didn't want to be by himself. Stay with me. I'm troubled. Verse 39, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. Have you ever fallen down on the ground and started praying? Gosh, if that happened, you know you're, you're in a situation where you are desperate. God, I mean, Jesus is desperate for God. He says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. If it is possible, let this cup be taken from me. What he's saying is this. God, the plan that we ordained from the beginning of time for me to come and die for everyone, this is, this is tough. This is tough. This, we're, we're seeing a little bit of Jesus' humanity here. He's both God and human, 100%. And we're seeing a lot of his humanity in here. Jesus is real. He had to face a lot of these issues. And so he's thinking, could I just not drink of this cup? Could, could, we, just, could we just maybe do something different? But then he says in the next sentence, yet not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's him right there. He's describing himself. The spirit is willing. My spirit is willing, but I am weak. I, I, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm nearing to the point of like, could there be another way? He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. He's, he's basically saying the same prayer again. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them 
and went away by himself once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Jesus is basically saying, God, I don't know about this. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if there's something else I can do. He's obviously wrestling between his God man and his self and his, and his fleshly man. And he's asking God the Father, are, are, you, are you sure <laughs> this, this is the only way? You know, it just shows you feelings are real. If Jesus, the Son of God, can have those feelings, feelings are real. We will express real feelings when we're at a place of anguish and frustrations. Even though they are real, feelings mean next to nothing in our relationship with God. Yes, they are feelings. There are feelings that occur in our interaction with God. We can feel joy. We can feel praise. We can feel comfort. But feelings do not determine what our relationship with God may look like. And here's the reasons why. Feelings don't determine belief. Your feelings don't determine what you believe. That is huge. Feelings don't determine your belief. For example, if you're not a morning person, I, I try to be a morning person, I'm just not. My wife gets up at 5 o'clock every morning. And I'm not saying she's a morning person. She gets up because she has to be at work at a certain time. And uh, earlier than what I start my day, because she's a school teacher right here in Emerson Elementary. But if, if you get up in the morning and, you, and your alarm goes off, goes off and you hit snooze and you're like, okay, I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like getting up. You may not feel like getting up, but here's the fact. If you don't get up and get going, then your, your, your supervisor will take note of that, and you will be docked pay, and eventually you do that so often, you won't have a job. So you may not feel like getting up, but the fact is you need to get up. Some of you may not feel like coming to church today. Obviously, you, those who are here, those who are watching online, I'm not necessarily talking to you, okay, unless... You know, that, that is you. But it's easy to, to say, you know, I just don't feel like getting ready to get going. But then you're like, but I will miss out on fellowship. I will miss out on worship. I will miss out on connecting with God and connecting with God's people. There's a choice that will need to be made between what you feel and what you believe there would need to be a choice that you and I will need to make between what we feel or how we feel and what we believe. Our feelings don't or should not direct our lives. Feelings will often play a role in our walk with God. So what are some examples of, of feelings versus belief? Feeling, what we may feel versus what we may, may believe. Some of you may feel you're inadequate have you ever felt like you're, you, you feel inadequate for a job or for a task or to be the person that, that, that God wants you to be, to be a husband, to be a father, 
to, to be a friend to a certain people group, to be, to be a coach, to be a CEO of a company, to be a teacher, to be all of these things. Do you ever feel like you're inadequate? I've felt many times I'm inadequate to be a pastor. You feel inadequate. But if you look at 2 Peter 1.3, it says this, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He's given us everything we need. So we may feel inadequate, we may feel that, but the truth is God has given us the ability to be what he wants us to be and what he has called you to be. What's another example of feelings versus belief? You may feel like you lack purpose in this life. You may feel like, well, I'm in, I'm in a dead-end job, or I don't have a job, you know, or I just, I don't know, I'm just kind of just drifting through life. I don't really have a purpose, okay? I know uh, students who are, who are moving in this phase of between high school and, and either picking a career, you know, or going to college or, or training or whatever, they, they, they sort of have this middle ground of like, okay, I just want to make sure I have a purpose. Especially this generation now, they, they want to be very purposeful. Have you ever felt like that you're not valued in what God wants to do around you in this world? But we see in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's put something in you in advance, in your mother's womb, for you to do some amazing things. God has already done, he's already made those plans. We just gotta follow his plans, not our plans. We gotta listen to him, not man. We've got to listen to God. So you may feel like you don't have purpose, but the truth is, God's word says different. In other words, you may, you may feel like you don't, are not ready to worship. Have you ever felt like just walking, you know, into church and like feel like, they just don't feel like worshiping, okay? Before I was a pastor, I was a worship leader for years, okay? And I can tell you, there were some Sundays like, gosh, I just don't, I don't feel like doing this. I mean, it's just real. But then you get into it and, and you find that when, when you struggle with that and you walk in obedience and say, you know, I'm going to choose joy because joy is a choice. I'm going to choose joy. And when that happens, and then God really moves in a great way. And it's humbling because you're like, okay, well, that was not about me. That was all about the Spirit of God. And he moved through that even though I didn't feel like worshiping. David says this in Psalm 42.5, the great worship leader. He says this, why, my soul, are you downcast? See, David, David feels that way. He felt that way before. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? He's talking to himself. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. David is just being real about his feelings. You know, we may feel down, disturbed, or distracted, but when we decide we will praise God, we may not feel like it, but the truth is we are called to praise the Lord. One final one, between feelings and belief. You ever felt like you were far from God? You ever felt like you were far from God? I have. There have been seasons in my life 
or just me and God. I just felt, felt distance. And, and I tell you, it wasn't God that moved. <laughs> it, was, it was me. And, and we may feel far from God, but in Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel far away from God, but God never feels far away from you. You may feel far away from God, but God never feels far away from you. That's just the truth. He loves you. He adores you. And so there's some examples between uh, wrestling with feelings and belief. And sometimes it can make us sort of feel like a hypocrite. Have you ever felt like a hypocrite? It's like, man, I'm, I'm feeling this way, but I'm, I'm, I need to be doing this. It kind of makes you feel like a hypocrite. And I'm glad you don't want to feel like a hypocrite. But let me tell you, share a couple of truths. Let's understand that hypocrisy is not when our behavior doesn't line up with our feelings. Hypocrisy means when our behavior doesn't line up with our beliefs. Okay, I need, we need to sink that in a little bit. Hypocrisy means, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that when, when our feelings don't line up, I mean, when, our, when our actions don't line up with our feelings, hypocrisy means when our actions don't line up with what we believe. And that's very important. You're not a hypocrite because you feel a certain way, because you feel the opposite of what this Bible says. Because you feel like you're going the right way, the right direction, but the map of, of life, but the, guide, the guiding map of life is telling you to go a different way. You may feel that way. All that is is just you being real, you being you. And guess what? God can handle that. So, but when you, your actions start contradicting what you believe, then that's more a uh, hypocrite. If Jesus were to line up his behavior or actions with what he was feeling, then Jesus would not have gone to the cross. If Jesus was, align, was gonna align his actions, his next step with what he was feeling in the garden, I mean, it's obvious. Look, I, I don't wanna do this. I mean, is there another way? <laughs> Take this cup from me. Then Jesus wouldn't have gone to the cross. And that's a big problem. Obviously, he was destined to go there. So grateful that he did. You know, there's um, examples. If you allow feelings, an example in a dating relationship, if you allow feelings in a dating relationship to dictate your behavior, then you'll probably find yourself in a situation that contradicts what you believe. That's why it's important to watch that. Make sure you are living what you believe. Are you living out what God says you are? How you feel. Our culture tells us that if we feel something strongly, then go for it. Go with your feelings. The world markets to our feelings. When we feel inadequate or insignificant, they have something that can easily satisfy our feelings. 
We find ourselves in conflict with being a demanding consumer of what the world has to say and what a disciple of Jesus Christ is. So we've got to lean into our beliefs, not our feelings. Jesus, what a disciple? Jesus hears that in Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. He said those words earlier in his ministry before the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm sure those words are, was ringing in his head <laughs> when he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves Take up their cross daily and follow me. This means that you're willing to deny your will over God's will. And really what it boils down to is this. There's something bigger out there than our feelings. There's something bigger out there than what you and I may feel. When you and I understand that there's something bigger going on than what we feel, then we begin to trust in his plan over our feelings. Jesus knew there's something bigger he had to do. There was something bigger that was overshadowing what he felt. So when we feel a certain way, when we feel like not doing something or feel like doing something that contradicts what we believe, There's something out there that is bigger than what we feel. And when we choose our belief, when we choose to follow God's plan rather than what we feel, then we begin to trust him over our feelings. And it's really moving beyond believing in God. The dramatic shift that needs to take place in our life is to move from believing in God to just believing God, there's a difference. Move beyond just believing in God, but believing God. A lot of people believe in God, but do they believe God? Do they believe what he says? Do they believe what he does? There's a big difference, and that is the shift that we need to make. It's kind of like going through a drive through you go through a drive-thru of your favorite restaurant. There's a huge difference between going through the drive-thru and sitting down inside the restaurant. It's a, it's a different commitment level. I personally, and my family makes fun of me on this a little bit, but my family likes drive-thrus. I'm not really a big fan of drive-thrus. I like to park, get out. I guess I'm just an old man. I don't know. And I just walk inside. And, and, and I like to just order. I like to sit down. I like to, you know, talk to people. I usually see people I know. I'm, I'm committed. I'm committed. Okay, Chick-fil-A knows my name. They know what I'm going to order. They do. I'm committed. And it's kind of like that. It's the difference between believing in God and believing God. Is, it's just like the difference of going through the drive-thru or sitting down and be committed. Don't treat like God. Don't treat God. Don't have a relationship with God like a drive-thru. Be committed. Sit down. Be committed. Be committed not only to him, but to, but to the church, to the, to the family of God. 
to the family of God. Engage with the family of God. Okay? Don't just drive through. Engage with the family of God. Engage in a, in a small group. We're starting three small groups today. Three. And we've got a couple of more. We, a couple of more we're starting in a, in a couple of weeks. Engage in, by participating in events. Engage in serving. Serving alongside others. Engage in the, um, by giving to the mission of what God wants to do here at Lake Point Church. Those things will help you not only believe in God, but believe God. Because guess what? When you do life with other believers, you get to hear their stories. And those stories help you be excited about what God is doing, what God wants to do in your life. There's some incredible stories, even sitting here in this room. If we have time just to sit around and talk, and we can do that at a small group. That's why, that's why those are there. But there's a gap between our feelings and reality. Between our feelings and reality. Between our feelings and the truth. And the only thing that fills that gap is faith. Faith fills the gap between our feelings and truth. Our faith fills the gap between what we feel like and what is really true. I may not feel like I'm going in the right direction, but this biblical map says that I am. So I'm going to have faith that this map is right. I may not feel like this is, a, this is good for me, but I'm going to trust that God has my best interest in mind. Some of you may feel like that faith denies reality. That's not true. Faith is not a denial of reality, but a belief in a greater reality. A belief in a greater reality. So how do you know you're trusting in God? How do you know you're trusting in God? Let me rephrase that, actually, because I forgot a word. How do you know when you're not trusting in God? How do you know when you're not trusting in God? Here's, here it is. When you're stuck in the gap. When you're stuck in the gap. The gap between what you feel and what is true. When you're stuck in the gap and you really haven't made that choice and, and, and you haven't really uh, reached out to, in faith, you're not holding on to faith. If you, for example, if you know that, you're pr- uh, that praying brings power and peace to your life and the life of others, but you don't feel like or make time to pray, could it be that you're stuck in the gap of not trusting God to bring healing, help, and deliverance to your life? You may feel like not praying. You may feel like, oh, it's a waste of time. Does it really ever get answered? But you know God answers prayers in his incredible way, according to his plan. And so you're stuck here in the middle. And so you know you're not trusting when you're stuck in the middle. Dive in. Trust in God. Another example is if you know that following God commands it, you give financially, but you don't feel like giving. Could it be that you're stuck in the gap? I'm not trusting in God to meet your financial needs. 
God, I know I should be giving. You say it in your word. All, it's all over your word. But God, there's gas prices are high. There's I mean, inflation, all kinds of stuff. And so I just, I don't, I don't really feel like I can give. God's like, hey, Faith, I'm gonna take care of your needs. I'm gonna take care of it. Being vulnerable, sometimes this is good, sometimes it gets me in trouble. But I'm gonna be vulnerable. This week, I was praying to the Lord and um, I prayed this prayer often as a pastor of a church. And so I pray, um, and I I've got, I write in journals, and you can look at my journals. See, this comes up almost every day. Lord, fund your church. Fund your church. In other words, Lord, provide for our needs financially so that we can do what you want us to do. Fund your church. And so I was praying that early in the week. I think it was Monday. And I was like, Lord, fund your church. And mm, right then the Holy Spirit stopped me. And said, stop praying that. I don't want to hear that anymore. Stop praying that. I was like, what? And he's like, how would you, how would you feel? And this is, this is what the Holy Spirit was talking to me. Okay, it wasn't audible, it was just in my spirit. How would you feel like if your father-in-law calls you every day and told you to make sure you provide for your wife? <clears throat> That's how I feel when you tell me to fund my bride. Every day you tell me to fund my bride. Frank, I got, you, you shepherd the people. You love the people. I'll fund my bride. I'll take care of this. He took me to the woodshed a little bit. It was, it was really insulting to God. Like it would be insulting to me if my father-in-law calls me every day or texts me, hey, Frank, just want to make sure financially, are you taking care of Suzanne? Are you, you know, because I, I gave you the blessing to marry her. Are you, are you sure? I mean, that would drive me crazy every day. God's like, that's me. And so... To be quite honest, it was really all about me not trusting that God was going to take care of that. Now, I'm still going to pray that God grows us, grows our faith, grows our faith. And part of that faith is, you know, for us to, to, to give sacrificially and that kind of stuff. That's part of shepherding. That's part of discipleship. But to ask God to fund his bride, it was, in, it was insulting. So... Um, this message <laughs> was, I'm applying it really strongly in my life as well. So as we, uh, as we close today, let me, let me ask you some questions. Let me, I, I, want you to, I want you to ask yourself this question as we close today. Ask yourself this question, do I trust in God? Do I trust in God? Or maybe you just want to make it personal. God, do I trust you? Do I trust you? 
Do I trust that you are who you say you are? Am I living my life like that? And you can even ask yourself that. Just put your name in there. Frank, are you, are you trusting in God? Do you believe? Are you, are you living your life in the way that you believe that God is who he said he is? And then you can ask this question. Am I stuck in the gap of not trusting in God with a certain area of my life? Am I stuck in the gap between not trusting in God in a certain area of my life? It could be your health. It could be members of your family. It could be um, your, your finances, your job. You know, your, your, whatever transition you're in. We're always in transitions. It could be whatever it is. And so whatever that looks like, you, you can ask yourself this question. Ask yourself this question. Am I stuck in the gap between trusting in God or not trusting in God in a certain area of my life? And so what I want us to do, I want us as a church, I want us to have a time of, of reflection. And you watching online, whether you're watching live or watching later, I want you to reflect on these questions. God, am I, am I trusting you? Is there an area of my life I'm not trusting you? Am I caught in the middle? And if there is an area, I, I, I want you to just say, like I had to do this week, say, all right, God, you got it. You got it. Because you want what's best for me. And I trust that. And I believe that. I know you feel a certain way. Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I feel a little scared. I feel a little alone. I feel like I'm not able to do this. But you believe that God can take care of it. And so there's a struggle. You're caught right here. We need to get out of that. Trusting God. Can God be trusted? I believe he can. So today, in just a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a prayer. We're going we're gonna to stand. Band's going to play. And while they play, this altar is going to be open. I'm going to be down here. You just want somebody to pray with. Our elders will be available as well. You want somebody to pray with. Just know we're, we want to pray with you. And just come down to the altar. If you don't want anybody to pray with, just you and God, it's right here. You're watching online. Just right where you're at. Just make, your, make a place an altar to the Lord. And say, God, I'm sorry for not trusting you. In this area, I, I finally, I'm going to step over the line of faith. And I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm not going to let my feelings dictate what I believe. No more. No more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, that you do an incredible work in our midst today. Help us, Father, to trust in you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to uh, not let our feelings dictate what we believe, but fully, fully trust in you. What if it's true? It is true. Can we believe in God? Can we trust in God? Yes, we can. Just like Jesus asked that, that question, And yes, God can be trusted. So Lord, 
Holy Spirit, move through this place. Move in the hearts of people. Spread your, your peace. Speak to our hearts. Get us right with you. Get us aligned with you. In Jesus' name, amen.